0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, December 18th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, and we made it to the last weekend of the regular college football season, Championship Saturday. Also made it through signing day. We're going to have our playoff rankings on Sunday. Can't wait to put a bow on all of this and, and, and move on to bowl season. It's pretty exciting that we got here. Um, today on the College Football Daily, I have a, a really fun conversation with uh, former Iowa State player Corey Morrissey, who is just absolutely jacked up for Iowa State's game against Oklahoma this weekend in the Big 12 title game. Corey grew up an Iowa State fan. He played at Iowa State. He was a third-team All-Big 12 player in 2014, six sacks, was a r- really good player, team captain, and someone I got to know uh, my first a year out of college, uh, I actually covered Iowa State for the uh, former recruiting service named Scout.com, which is now part of 24-7 Sports. And I graduated college. I was looking for a job, found an opening at Iowa State um, covering the Cyclones. Scout was looking for a reporter there. And it hardly paid any money. And it was really cold. And it was a really tough winter for a kid from Texas. But it was one of my favorite jobs ever. And I covered Iowa State, which went three and nine in 2013. Like, they were the Kansas city chiefs covered. I mean, I had so much fun doing it. Uh, and one of the cool things there was because it's Iowa state and it's not like Alabama, there's just not that much media coverage of it. And you really have a great opportunity to get to know a lot of the players and the coaches. So I had several one-on-one conversations with Corey. We've kept up through the years. I was really excited to get him on the podcast. Corey is, uh, uh is, uh, doing business, uh, sales, I believe, uh, up in uh, Hampton, Iowa, about an hour north of, of Ames. He told me that uh, some people still kind of recognize his name as one of the really great Iowa State players of the early 2010 era. But so so we'll get to that in two seconds. I want to keep running down the uh, impactful games for Friday and Saturday. We've, we've got Oregon versus USC. I don't think the Pac-12 has a shot at the playoff, but it's going to be a fun game. I'm glad that we get Oregon versus USC. Washington had to drop out of the Pac-12 title game because of COVID issues. But Oregon USC is is the current uh, hot rivalry out west. So that'll be very good. In the Big Ten title game, 11 a.m. Central. Usually that Big Ten title game's at night. Not this year. Iowa State was once a 21-point favorite. That thing's down to 19. Apparently, the Buckeyes have uh, some COVID issues. So that could be a storyline not just for Saturday, but because of the Big Ten's 21-day rule, that could impact the Buckeyes if they make the college football playoff. So we'll see. I mean, Northwestern—they're probably going to play them close for at least a quarter or two. Uh, Iowa State versus Oklahoma—that's also at 11 a.m. That's on ABC. That's going to be a really good game. Iowa State beat them earlier this year. Names had to come back to win, but things have changed a little bit, right? Oklahoma's gotten pretty comfortable with Spencer Rattler under center. Oklahoma's got back Ronnie Perkins, their star defensive end. Oklahoma's got back bruising running back Ramon J. Stevenson. Those guys were all the boat. They were both out. First half of, of Oklahoma's 2020 season. So if, if they make a difference, it'll be a loud one. And, and either way, that's going to be a really, really great game. And Corey and I are going to dig into it uh, a little bit uh, more coming up here. Clemson versus Notre Dame, the game of the day. Number three, Clemson, number two, Notre Dame. Three o'clock central on ABC. I believe that Notre Dame is in regardless of what happens, unless, I mean, I don't see them losing by 28, but maybe. So I, I think Clemson wins, but I think Notre Dame keeps it close enough to send both of those uh, ACC teams, for this year at least, to the college football playoff. Clemson not only gets Trevor Lawrence back, but is so much healthier on the defensive side of the ball than the Tigers were a month ago in South Bend. I think that will make all of the difference um, in Charlotte. And then Alabama versus Florida. This game was going to be the game of the day, and then Florida went and lost to LSU inexplicably. So I don't know if the Gators are going to be firing off on all cylinders the way I was expecting them to a few weeks ago. Uh, but nevertheless, I think for Alabama, it's obviously a chance to secure the number one seed in the playoff. I think it could be a really fun Heisen Trophy showcase. It's either Mac Jones or Devontae Smith. Um, I think maybe Devontae Smith does a few things. Uh, last last week against Arkansas, he had a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, maybe he has a few receiving touchdowns, maybe does something on special teams and locks up the Heisman and becomes a first receiver. Uh, to do that in, in quite some time, uh, Desmond Howard would be, I believe, the last receiver to win the Heisen Trophy. So those are the Power Five conference championships to watch this weekend in the Sun Belt. Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina. They they had such a great game a few weeks ago when they played. This is a rematch of that. Coastal is still undefeated. Just locked up Jamie Chadwell to a big extension. Louisiana. This is uh, Billy Napier. This I keep thinking he's going to get one of the one of these openings in the SEC this offseason. If he doesn't get Auburn, I guess it's not going to happen for him this year. Mountain West, Boise State versus San Jose State. San Jose State beat Nevada last last week to secure its spot And this game. Boise State head coach Brian Harson is getting some buzz down in Arizona where they have a coach opening, so maybe this is his last game coaching his alma mater. We've got the American Championship between number 23 Tulsa and Cincinnati. That's in Cincinnati the Bearcats are number nine now. They, they've been dropping a few spots. They haven't played in several weeks because of COVID protocols. That's at 7 o'clock on ABC. Cincinnati is really good. This is a New Year's 6 statement game for them uh, to hopefully get into one of those bowl games. And then we can't forget about the MAC. That's actually uh, on Friday as well. Ball State versus Buffalo. How many yards will Buffalo star running back Jarrett Patterson rush for Uh maybe over 200 would be pretty fun to watch. So it's going to be a great weekend. There are other games happening uh, that probably don't really warrant discussion unless you want to keep an eye on Texas A&M versus Tennessee and make sure the Aggies don't do anything to, to mess up their outside chances of making the college football playoff. So enjoy it. Don't leave the couch all day. Kick your weekend off right now with my talk with Corey Morrissey. I'm bringing in Corey Morrissey right now. Corey, really appreciate you being on here it was, it was good to talk to you and it's fun to catch up with you before we hit record want to get your feelings just off the bat headed into Saturday's game um, are you are you nervous and I had to ask like do you have any fomo about Iowa State becoming all of a sudden this like college football powerhouse
0: you know I'm nervous yes it's it's like I'm going into a game Um I, I don't think I've ever been this nervous for a sporting event that I'm not involved in. Um, and, and and for fear of missing out, I even maybe maybe because of the COVID year, maybe because we we couldn't actually be there for all the games and, and cheering them on. But no, uh, the way that this coaching staff is and this program is now, uh, it, we're all it's so inclusive and it, it's like I'm still a part of it, but I'm not. Uh, but yeah the the fear of the missing out part would be from not being able to have been going to the games or go to dallas
1: because you've been going to the game since you were a kid you've seen the whole thing so so you you grew up an iowa state fan big time fan uh you play for them and then you you know like no longer like no longer a player is it is there a different fandom on the other side of it Corey? like do you can you relax and watch the game and have a drink and like you know root for the touchdowns or are you kind of like like people are watching Brees hall and you're like yeah but the uh the trench warfare was pretty good on that one like are you like, like what, what's it like to watch a game with you now
0: yeah yeah so i've, all, I've always been the fanboy. i've always been the uh the kid growing up on the hillside watching the games and pretty yeah um and so to to watch the games the way i, I yeah it's kind of grown into, I, I would watch the games as a fan and then I'd go and I, and then I played and I watched film and I watched all the trenches. Like you just said, like watching the defensive line and the offensive line. So yeah, no, it is harder for me to watch games because I'll miss things that I, I probably should have seen because I'm either watching uh, Jaquan Bailey uh, as a, on the defensive line or watching the other guys on the chain gang that Eli Rashid's got there going on there for them. But yeah, uh, no, it's, I, it's an interesting mix to, to for me. Uh, especially
1: what do you think about i'm not like the, the the iowa state recruiting it's it's going pretty well reese hall is a former four star um you got some talent there like they're sending guys to the nfl you played with two four stars in your I, I went back and looked Corey. like all the recruiting classes i i found you i found two four stars you played with you remember them
0: i'm gonna say one of them was alan lazard
1: yes now starring for the green bay packers i get a thrill every time i see it The other was Jake campus. And I think it's really important to reference the fact that that was the roster situation for Iowa state, like for so long, like, like I, I don't think Corey, that people are quite grasping how big of a deal it is that Iowa state is playing for a big 12 championship with a very good chance to win against the team. They already beat this year. Like I, 10 years ago, Like I would have passed out if you had told me that Iowa State already beat Oklahoma (laughs) earlier, and they have a chance, if a few things go the right way, to make the college football playoff, which we didn't even have 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Destroyed the BCS, and now now people are chirping in saying we're going to destroy the playoff system if we get in. But no, yeah, you, you're so right that, uh, and that's a, another side note, side tangent there. Hey, it, all the listeners, uh, take it easy on them, Iowa State fans, and on the Twitterverse and all that. We're very passionate people, and and it's been ten years, just like uh, like Trey just said that, uh, and this has been building up, so we're ready to get there and ready to show what we've got.
1: Yeah, I can tell you're excited. All right, I have a question for you. This might it might upset you, but like I think you're gonna like the end result. Okay. You were, as a player, you were a highlight of the Paul Rhodes era. But as you know, like overall that, that 10 year, it wasn't the best. I'm trying to watch my words here, Corey. It wasn't the best football, like football era, right? Like they went 32 and 55 and the last few years, especially after you left that that final year was pretty rough. However, I think they were always a little bit better than the record showed Paul Rhodes won at Nebraska when that was a huge deal. He beat Texas a few times. He He's the last Iowa State coach to beat Iowa. Uh, people probably don't know that. He did that three times. And, of course, he knocked Oklahoma State out of the BCS Championship. So, the record was never super hot, but I think the team was a little bit better than the record. And I think after the disaster that was the Gene Chizik era, Paul Rhodes reestablished the fact that you can win at Iowa State in the modern college football era, right? Like I think the foundation that Paul Rhodes left behind when he got fired was probably better, uh, a better situation for Matt Campbell to take over than, than most people realize.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you said, we, uh, you know, our record shows, obviously it, it is what it is. And, and um, you know, we, there was a lot of games, uh, specifically my, my junior and senior, Senior season, I don't, I don't remember how many games, but that w- that we lost by a touchdown or less. We were on the verge, we were on the cusp. Yes, for whatever reason, and it is what it is. We didn't get it done, and then, um, but yeah, no. The seeing the transition of, of of how things have happened for under Matt Campbell and what's happened here, and and how the teams playing and how everybody's gelling together, walking around the facility, seeing the coaches talk to each other, and then they're they're all best friends. Yeah. Um, it, it's been awesome. Uh, it's been just, uh, it's been awesome as a former player, as a fan, but yeah, no, I, you know, I've seen a lot of people talk about setting the foundation for, uh, coach Campbell and the, and the, the culture that they have there. But I, man, I don't, I, yeah, definitely building blocks, definitely building blocks. There. You
1: can disagree with me if you want, like if you don't, if you think what Matt Campbell is doing is totally independent of any of that, like, let me know. I, I, I'm just saying like Paul Rhodes, you got the Bergstrom facility, like that was him. Uh, some of the renovations to Jack Trice like kind of brought it into the modern era. I just I just think he gets he deserves a little credit here but uh, but I I think of course this is this is mostly Matt Campbell. I mean, he took over the vision that Paul Rose laid out for building a a winning football team, like a team that could be 500 and he has absolutely like amplified everything. What do you think is is maybe we can point to that Matt Campbell has done? that no one else was ever able to do at Iowa state. Not like, Oh, he won this game or that game, but like, what, like what's behind his magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Going back on uh, yeah. Coach Rose, man. Yeah. No, 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 no doubt. I would run through a wall for him and, and everything he's done. So yeah, no, that, it's great that you, you, you're mentioning that, but um, for Matt coach Campbell, um, the consistency, the, the consistency is there for, for a cyclone fan. Uh, everybody used to call us uh, well i used to call us too because you know i'm a fan here uh the cardiac clones uh, mm. and there's there was no consistency uh we could come out and we could be playing great and then and then we'd be flat the next game or fr- with uh with coach campbell the consistency is there but then you know everybody talks about uh, uh the culture that uh, the, the team has nowadays and it, it's so true because without the culture there it wouldn't be what it is um Going back and talking about the stars of the the caliber of the players and the recruits and all that stuff, you know, and all these quotes floating around. I don't know who originally said it, but the culture five star Brees culture. Hall, yeah, yeah, Brees Hall. Um, it's so true, and, and it's it's so awesome to watch because it, people can take that and and take that to so many different elements of life, and more than just the football game. More than it, it can transcend so many different things, and, and to watch that. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's been great. It's been great.
1: The College Football Daily will be right back. I always think it's interesting when when I hear former players talk about how important the culture is. I think we hear about it on this like national level so much that we can almost start to roll our eyes at it. We've never been in a college football locker room, so I'm going to take it from you. Like you've been a team captain, like more than most people, more than anybody listening, I would guess. uh, You understand the value of of a culture. What like when you walk into a locker room, Corey, and the culture is good. What is the difference between walking into a locker room if you've ever done this and the culture is not so good? Like, what what's the vibe difference there?
0: Everybody's gelling. Everybody's, uh, you know, together. You can you can just feel it—the way people complimenting the people, way they're talking to people. They're they're inclusive. Everybody's uh, they're they're there for the better goal to make something more. Um, in a in a worse environment, in a bad environment. And I've been on teams. I've been in uh, on work teams as well. And work environments where... You can tell there's uh, divisiveness. People are in their own groups, their cliques. They they've got their own agendas, their own ideas, and and they're just not you know cliche it is is uh, trusting the process, hmm. um and, and being inclusive and being there for your teammate. And, and you might not you know be best friends with that person across the room, but if you know that both of you guys are in this together and that you're gonna you're you're doing it for the better good, then that should be what matters. And for that win, for that. Uh, you know, uh, to come out on top. And that's what, for me, and, and going into and a lot of other former athletes, it's hard to watch like bad cultures and in, in, in work environments or stuff like that. But yeah, that's the um, culture is everything. And once you start paying attention to it, you can see.
1: I think you're so right. I, I You make a great point with the work culture. So I'm glad you already brought up the young coaching staff and how those guys are like, cool, dudes. So Back in the summer of 2017, I had, I was you know in Nashville by for several years by then, but I was kind of missing Iowa State, I guess. So I called up Alex Halstead who used to cover the Cyclones for 24/7 Sports, and I was like, "Hey, Alex, I'm going to fly up and come help you cover a a camp, like one of those you know f- football uh, football camps, and there will be some prospects there." And Corey, when I was when I was living in Iowa for the one year, um, when our paths crossed, like. I thought the the access was so good under Paul Rhodes, like come and go as you please. Like there are only like five reporters. So we got to know you guys pretty well. We got to know the coaches, whatever, but it was even different, even somehow even better under Matt Campbell. And I think it's because the coaching staff was like for the most part, like these young, cool dudes who I would have loved to get a beer with. And they all seemed like they really got along really well. And that goes back to the culture. And at the end of the camp, I introduced myself to, to Matt Campbell. And I'll always remember this. And he did not know who I was. He didn't know me from Adam. He didn't know. I, you know, used to cover Iowa state or anything like that, but he had this handshake and this like intentness in his eye. And he was like, we are so glad you're here tonight. You have to come back this fall to see the renovated Jack Trice, um, for a night game. Like you, you have to, you have to come back. We have to get you back. I was like, all right. Um, cool. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch. And sure enough, a few months later, he got me a sideline pass for the Iowa state, Texas game. Um, in, on Thursday night, ESPN primetime in my head, I'm like, like, what, like what other coach does this? Right? Like, I know he just got in there. He's trying to create goodwill with the media, but like, like that's really rare. What a cool guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and and the, the culture from the, the top down, you know, uh, from all the, the the coaches all mesh together because they're all truly friends and there's no one there who's trying to break apart and be, go off somewhere and become that offensive coordinator somewhere, defensive coordinator, or head coach. They all want something for the for the better good. And when I first met Coach Campbell, it was the same thing. I, it was when I was going in and, and talking to him about um, – Carrying on the '58 uh, yeah. Coach Bray tradition.
1: Tell it. Will you tell everyone about that? Because I've already done my intro with you. I didn't talk about that. Will you tell everyone about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Curtis Bray, Coach Bray, uh, he passed away uh, when, when I was playing it at Iowa State, and uh, he meant so much to the players. He meant so much to the coaches. Um, and, to, and to honor his legacy and, and his family and, and his kids, um, we wanted to carry that on and keep '58 within the defensive line room, um, at Iowa state. And so I, I wore uh, 58 uh, for him. And ever since then, it's just, it, it, the tradition's kept and, uh, coach Campbell embraced it. Coach Rashid embraced it. And, um, it, it's been, it's been awesome.
1: I think that's, I think that's a really cool. I mean, that's your legacy at Iowa state. Corey is the 58. Like that was, that was your idea Like you were the first one who did that. I didn't know you were still like in charge of, of making sure that happens. Like that's, so, so you went to his office, uh, like, did you schedule an appointment or, or you talked to him in the hallway and then we're like, Hey Matt, our coach Campbell, like this is, this is my story and, and this is what we need to do. And he was like, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, no, well, so he kind of already knew about it, um, from some of the the players that were still there and, and coach Hoosier. Um, and, uh, it was kind of, we met up, we talked about it and, and they just, yeah, they were fully embraced it and, and truly knew how much it meant for one, how good of a player coach Bray was in his time. And then when he coached and what he meant to all of us and um, just to, for somebody like that, to, that meant so much to us. And then to keep that tradition going, it's, it's meant a lot to me. And I know it's meant a lot to uh, coach Bray's wife, Heather. Um, it, it's been awesome.
1: Super cool. All right, Corey, last question. i going to let you out after this. Give us the former defensive end's analysis of Iowa State versus Oklahoma. I'm not saying the game's going to be won on the defensive line, but give us the talking point that no one will be saying on ESPN.
0: Oof. oh You, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be very physical because uh, everybody, they, for one, uh, you've got everybody at Oklahoma that, Thinks that Iowa State doesn't deserve to have beat them before, and uh, and to be in this position that we are for the the conference championship game. And you've got Iowa State who's going to be uh, going out there to going getting ready to prove everybody wrong, um, and, and not only everybody wrong, but to tell Oklahoma that it wasn't a fluke game. So uh, defensive line, it's going to be a physical physical game because everybody you know it starts with the run. Um, and when you can set up the run uh, and the run's going well, then, then the pass can come. So it's going to be a battle in the trenches, like you said, very physical. There's going to be a lot of motion in it. And uh, yeah, you know, whoever comes out on top with the physicality is going to be the winner.
1: I'm really excited to watch it. I can tell in your voice, Corey, how excited you are to watch it. We really appreciate you joining the College of All Daily. Good luck, man. And uh, go Cyclones, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Go Cyclones. I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Okay. Thanks again. To Corey Morrissey for joining our show. I'm sure he's, I mean, he sounds extremely excited for this Iowa State game. So it's fun to talk to him about this. Like, he's a former player, but he's really just a big fan who happened to play for his childhood favorites and, and accomplish his dream in doing that. For our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Trey Scott. We will talk to you all on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Playoff, and we will be breaking down the playoff field.